Playing by the uncertainties of our modern world, life can seem awfully bleak at times. In our search for purpose, meaning, and certainty, most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead, to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today. In our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today, we share from the Bible a wonderful blueprint of hope, which reveals that God wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us. All right, welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. I always want to encourage you to like, to subscribe, and to share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all who you meet along life's journey. So I have a question for you. What do the Terminator, the Matrix, and the Star Wars movies all have in common? Why do you think that these movies have resonated so much in the American popular culture? In the Terminator movie series, an artificial intelligence known as Skynet becomes self-aware and launches a nuclear apocalypse, leading to a war between humanity and machines. The character of Sarah Connor is pregnant with the future leader of the human resistance, John Connor, who is prophesied to lead humanity to victory against the machines. In the Matrix movies, particularly the first movie, the chosen one or Neo battles against oppressive forces. Again, he's battling against machines to bring salvation to humanity. In the Star Wars movie, the chosen one, Anakin Skywalker and later uh, Luke Skywalker called Knights of the Jedi Order, battle uh, the, f- uh, the forces of the dark side, right? Led by Emperor Palpatine and, and Darth Vader in order to bring balance to the force, right? And so my question again is this, uh, what do all three movies have in common? Well, friends, they all describe this epic struggle uh, between the forces of good and evil and humanity's need of a savior. Now, think about it. In the Terminator movies, Sarah Connor uh, gives birth to the future savior of mankind, John Connor, who battles the machines and saves humanity. In the Matrix movies, it is Neo, the savior, uh, who the the John the Baptist-like figure called Morpheus calls the one who battles the machines and saves humanity. In the Star Wars movies, it is Luke Skywalker, the child of destiny, right, who battles the dark side and frees the galaxy and also redeems his father, Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader. And so here's the question that I have for you, right? I have another question. Where have we seen this theme before, right, brought out in these movies about this epic struggle between the forces of good and evil and humanity's need of a savior? Of course, the answer is the Bible, right? Uh, We find this theme in the Bible. In fact, friends, this is one of the main themes that we find in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And uh, I mean, this is what the Bible is really about. Right. And so the Bible tells us about this, this battle between the forces of good and evil and humanity's need of a savior and that the savior, of course, is Jesus Christ. And so, friends, we are still in the book of Revelation. I think we're like halfway through the book of Revelation. And one of the most important chapters that you'll find in the book of Revelation is Revelation chapter 12. And I kid you not when I say this, I personally believe that Revelation chapter 12 is one of the most important chapters that you will find in the Bible. Now, why would I say that? Well, you see, Revelation chapter 12 gives us a summary or the cliff notes, if you will, of what the entire story of the Bible is all about. Uh, and so, again, I just want to encourage you when you have some time, when you have uh, have a moment, just to read 
Revelation chapter 12 for yourself, right? Uh, in, in, in that chapter, we are reminded of how the story of the Bible began in the book of Genesis. And in Revelation chapter 12, the chapter also lays the foundation of how the story of the Bible ends there in the book of Revelation. And so I cannot overemphasize here, right? Revelation chapter 12 is, is very important for us to understand, right? Because it talks about the major themes of the Bible, right? Of this cosmic conflict, right? Of the ongoing battle between the forces of good and evil. It talks about redemption. It talks about the salvation that God's chosen people have because of Jesus' death on the cross. And so the chapter also, I mean, of course, the chapter also talks about um, Jesus' ultimate victory over the forces of evil. And so I'm going to encourage you to read and reread on your own time when you have when you get a chance. Uh, however, in this episode, I'm just going to summarize uh, the chapter and give you a breakdown of what Revelation chapter 12 is, is trying to, of what Jesus is trying to communicate to us in that chapter. So according to Revelation chapter 12, one day as John the Apostle looks out across the Aegean Sea, now you recall that um, John is exiled to the island of Patmos there in the Aegean Sea for preaching and and. Uh, all that stuff he was exiled there and so he has this vision one day and he becomes transfixed by a spectacular vision of this beautiful delicate woman with a crown of 12 stars on her head and she's wearing a dress as dazzlingly bright as the sun uh, john tells us that in his vision that this woman is standing on the moon and that she's experiencing labor pains now keep in mind here that the elements mentioned in the story or in the narrative of revelation chapter 12 are they are all symbolic Right, and so I will explain what these symbols mean as as we summarize the chapter. Now, John uh, sees that suddenly, um, when he sees this woman, suddenly a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns stands before the woman, ready with its huge iron teeth to devour her baby the moment that the baby is born. However, the woman gives birth to a son, who is later caught up to God and to his throne. And after giving birth, the woman escapes from the dragon into the wilderness where she stays for uh, 1,260 days. But the narrative says that uh, the dragon goes after the woman, right? The dragon opened his mouth and he vomits out a, a torrent of water to sweep the woman away. But the woman receives help from the earth, which opens its mouth and swallows the floodwaters. And so enraged that the woman has escaped, we are told that the dragon or the devil prepares to make war against the woman's children in the end uh and these 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 uh believers or these uh people are described as gods um they're described as keeping god's commandments and having the testimony of jesus christ you find that in revelation chapter 12 verse 17 that's the description that's given to christians through, uh, who are living at the end now clearly your friends the elements in in this narrative given in Revelation chapter 12 uh they are symbolic right and so there are elements like the woman and the child and the dragon uh these are symbols uh of a greater reality of something that takes place in reality right and so again the story of Revelation provides us with the overarching story of the bible right it describes from genesis to revelation the epic struggle between the forces of good and evil and humanity's need of a savior now the central characters there in revelation chapter 12 in the story are the woman the child and the dragon now who do these characters portray 
in reality. Now, in the Bible, God frequently uses a woman as a symbol for his people, uh, first for the nation of Israel and later uh, in the Bible for the church. Again, you find references to this uh, in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5 to 6, and in the New Testament, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. However, even though it is the nation of Israel that brings forth the Messiah, there is a notable shift in the prophecy of Revelation chapter 12, when you read it, right, in, in which the symbol of the woman comes to preeminently symbolize Christ's church, right, who is the bride of Christ and who shines forth resplendent in the glory of the Son of God, right? So, friends, in the Bible, God's faithful people or his church uh, is often compared to a virtuous woman, right? Whereas uh, when his people rebelled in idolatry and sin, they're often compared to a lady of the night or prostitute, Right, and you find reference to this in Ezekiel chapter twenty-three, and you can also refer to Hosea chapter four, verse fifteen. And so, interestingly, right, as you read the book of Revelation, interestingly, both type of both types of women, right, the virtuous bride and the promiscuous prostitute, both types of women appear in the book of Revelation. And so, God is trying to tell us something there about His church in the book of Revelation, right? Now, the woman uh, in the story of Revelation chapter 12 is, is depicted as experiencing labor pains. And so this woman represents the pregnant, expectant hope of ancient Israel that one day the Messiah or the Deliverer would free them from Rome. And so think about it. Consequently, right? Uh, consequently, friends, if the child of Revelation chapter 12 is a symbol of Jesus, the Messiah, then the dragon with the seven heads and ten horns who sought to destroy this child uh, is none other than Rome, right? So, friends, you'll recall that it was Herod the Great, the clan king of Rome, who sought to destroy our baby Jesus, right? And it was Pontius Pilate, the, the Roman governor of Judea, who condemned him as an adult to be crucified. Now, the Bible tells us that after his crucifixion, Jesus rose from the dead and that he ascended triumphantly uh, to God and to his throne. And so this child who is mentioned there in, in the narrative of Revelation chapter 12, clearly it is, it is Jesus, right? And so uh, there's another central figure in the story who is the dragon. And, and, and more than a third of the story uh, there in Revelation chapter 12 is dedicated to unmasking this character who is none other than Satan or the devil, uh, the avowed enemy of God's people, right? And so, friends, it was uh, Satan who was the real power behind the puppet regime of imperial Rome who tried to destroy Jesus as a baby. And it was by Satan's inst instigation that a rabid mob stood before Pilate and shouted at Jesus' um, trial, crucify him, crucify him right? Uh, it was Satan uh, behind the scenes doing all of that. And, uh, and so in Revelation chapter 12, uh, Revelation chapter 12 reminds us that the devil's cosmic war against Ghana's people, uh, it started in heaven and that uh, over one third of the angels in heaven sided with the devil. Imagine that. And so friends, here's the good news, right? At the cross, the devil's true character was exposed before the universe for what it is, right? He was unmasked uh, as a demented peddler of lies, a murderer and a deceiver. And we say, praise be to God. And so now confined, he's actually confined to this planet, right? Uh, he cannot go back into heaven. He's confined after Jesus died on the cross. The devil is not confined and his demons are not confined to this world. Uh, the devil knows that his time is running out. And so he has launched a violent and sustained attack 
attack against the woman, uh, God's faithful people, after Jesus ascended to heaven beyond his reach. And so in order to escape the wrath of the dragon, our faithful Christians fled into the wilderness during the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages, into obscurity for uh, 1,260 prophetic days or 1,260 uh, literal years. And, and this is what happened in history, friends, right? Friends, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the dragon or the devil employed imperial Rome and later the corrupted medieval church to try to destroy Jesus' followers. And, and, and for over a thousand years, faithful Christians, they escaped into the wilderness, into the uninhabited mountain retreats of Europe, where God preserved his truth and God preserved his people. Yet the dragon, determined uh, to destroy them, unleashed a flood of persecution. And, and, and the flood here, which the, uh, the serpent spews from his mouth, also represents the flood of false teachings that the serpent hoped would dilute and destroy God's truth and, and thus his people. Yet even with this torrent of falsehood, right, friends, God's truth as inscribed in his Bible, in the word, and, and his people survived. And we say praise be to God. Friends, Revelation chapter 12 tells us that the woman received help from the earth which symbolically opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood. This help for Christians came with the dawn of the Protestant Reformation. Now, you may have heard about the, the Protestant Reformation in, um, in your history class, right? Many Christians emigrated to the New World in order to escape the dragon's persecution in Europe. And so over time, free America, friends, emerged right in the New World as a place of refuge, a stronghold for persecuted peoples from all over the world and that's history right uh, and so at the conclusion of Revelation chapter 12 the devil is mad that the woman has escaped and so knowing that his time is almost ended with seething rage he prepares a final war which is described in Revelation chapter 13 14 and going on and we will look at those uh, in future episodes right he prepares a final war that he plans to unleash on the children of women and, and so these People of God are described as though as, as 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 those who keep God's commandments and have the testimony of faith of Jesus Christ, and you find that in Revelation chapter twelve, verse seventeen. And so again, um, what does this prophecy there in Revelation chapter twelve? What does this have to do with my life or with 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 your life today? I mean, why does it even matter? Well. It's important because the chapter summarizes the entire story or message of the Bible, right? It, it describes about uh, it describes it what the message of the entire message of the Bible is all about, right? And that is very important. And so, Revelation chapter twelve it summarizes for us the, the story of the Bible uh, of, of how this story began, and it lays the foundation of how this story will end, as it's described there in the book of Revelation, right? And so, friends, I believe again, I think I said it before, I believe that Revelation chapter twelve is one of the the most important chapters in the Bible that you will ever read, right? Uh, the story there in chapter 12 provides us with the overarching story of the Bible, which describes from Genesis to Revelation, the epic struggle between the forces of good and evil and of our need of a savior. Now, listen, I'll tell you a secret that I've discovered over the years. Uh, when you truly understand the story, right, the narrative or the summary of the Bible that is given in Revelation chapter 12, when you really understand what is, what's going on in there in that story, uh, as you read, and, and if you read the Bible, right, through the lens of this overarching story, uh, you, what you'll find, you'll begin to, uh, you, you'll begin to have a better understanding about what the larger story of the Bible is trying to communicate to us, right? And so 
what is it? What is the Bible essentially about, friends? Right? It's about the fall of humanity. Right? It's about the uh, this battle that we see between the forces of good and evil uh, we see in our world today. We saw it. Uh, in the time of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses, the battle was raging then and it's raging now. Uh, and, and it's about our need for a savior, right? The savior of the world who is Jesus Christ. You know, friends, this same Jesus who tells us what the story of the entire Bible is all about there in Revelation chapter 12. He also tells us there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14. He says, listen, I have plans for you, right? I know what I've planned for you, he says. I've plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. And he says, if you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned. I'm excited about this. He has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you'll come to trust him and that you will choose to live by his way, by his word, and not by your own way. And I promise you, if you do, your life will never be the same. Listen, as we part, I always want to encourage you to like, and I want you to subscribe and to share this podcast wherever you listen. Let's let's spread the word, right? And so, I mean, by doing this, right, you'll be helping to share the gospel uh, uh, with the world as Jesus has commanded us to do as believers. Listen, uh, you can also email me, reach out to me by email. My email is knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. It's knowingtomorrowtoday at gmail.com. If you have additional questions about this episode, uh, if you have prayer requests, uh, listen, when you email me, I'll send you a free copy of the book that inspired this podcast. It's called Knowing Tomorrow Today, uh, Glimpses of the Future That Will Change Your Life. I'll send you a free copy of the book. Uh, and so may God continue to bless you, right? I'm Eric Brown. Until next time, you stay blessed and you stay well. It's gonna get better. Never stay the same. It's gonna get better.